G'day, my name's Brock Cook and welcome to Occupied. G'day, 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 g'day and welcome, 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 welcome to Occupied, 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 g'day and welcome to Occupied and welcome to episode 100. We made it, it's been a long time coming, I'm incredibly proud, I am so stoked that we are kicking this milestone, uh, I've got an extra, extra, extra special episode for all of you today, I really hope you enjoy it, join us and celebrate our one ton, our 100th episode of Occupied. Hey Brock, how's it going today? Uh, not too shabby. How are you? I am doing fantastic. And honestly, I'm just sitting here kind of in awe of like, I, don't, I, I can't even believe it. I can't believe we're sitting recording episode 100 right now. What are your thoughts? It's, it seems ridiculous. Like it's, it seems like yesterday that we, I just, we just started and i don't know um still can't really believe that like this is going to be a hundred episodes of content that we've both put out i feel like when i initially started and it's not even like i had a number in mind that i thought i'd get to but i feel like thinking like oh hitting like 20 episodes or hitting 30 or hitting 50 was like a huge deal and now I'm like holy smokes 100 like that's insane and it's only for me it's been just over two years I know for you it's been a little bit longer than that yeah I think it's been about two and a half I think I started a few months before you did but yeah just I I remember I think subconsciously, I think I I was going to make it to 100 because even when I started numbering my episodes right at the very start, from episode one, I it was always 001 so that when I hit 100 <laughs> that they didn't like reorder. So I don't know, secretly I think in there somewhere I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it, but, but I was happy when I put out 10. <laughs> which is more uh, yes. than what most people get to when they start a podcast so i'm like all right let's start there and go from see what happens and here we are and i think one of the coolest parts is that you and i are hitting episode 100 at the exact same time that that part i think is even more exciting for me because i'm like i've always it feels like you've been there the whole time throughout this journey since I started and then I've obviously, because I was there when you started, I kind of gave you a kick in the bum to start. Um, <laughs> just a little one. Just a little one. Just a little nudge. <laughs> um, so yeah, to be able to hit 100 episodes at exactly the same time is like a little cherry on top, which is cool. Yeah, I think a little bit of like the backstory which we might have mentioned a little bit in some of the episodes that you and I have done together. But at least on my end, I came across your show very early on. I, I don't think I was there for like the initial launch of it, but I found you at like somewhere between episode two and four, somewhere mm. right around there. So literally, I, I feel like I've been a part of your journey since the beginning. 
even though you didn't even know <laughs> that I existed at that point. You just stalked me for a little bit. I did. <laughs> That's okay. You're forgiven. That was like, what, 97 episodes ago. It's fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so long ago. It's so in the past. <laughs> yeah, and then after you, uh, you were probably the first person to actually like reach out and connect like because of the podcast itself and then i remember you telling me like oh i'm gonna start a podcast like i've started recording i'm like oh that's awesome like how many have you recorded how many had you recorded by that stage and not done anything with them <laughs> like 15? 15 yeah <laughs> so i had been recording for what like six months and not done anything with them and that was where i went okay this is where she needs a kick in the bum because she needs to actually put some of these episodes out. Because they're not helping anyone sitting on a hard drive somewhere. Yeah. I remember I specifically recorded in April. And that would have been, what, April of 2018. Because I recorded at the American Occupational Therapy Association conference. And I think I had a handful of episodes that I had actually done before that. But mind you, I didn't even release my first episode until the end of October of 2018. So, yeah, I had been sitting, banking, recording, and then being afraid, hesitant, nervous, you know, all the emotions bef before I could even just hit go and put it out into the world. So... And I know this isn't a planned question, but now I'm curious. So what was it that so you were obviously very nervous and everything to put the content out. What was it that went that, that made you go like, I'm going to start a podcast, even though you were still like terrified of actually putting yourself out there? Like what was it that sort of drove you initially to start one? I would say there were a couple of different things that were all kind of happening at the same time. First off, I felt like I was meeting a lot of really cool practitioners within the OT space, whether it was at conferences, whether it was just in, in my work environment, whether it was students that were coming and doing their fieldwork rotations with me. Like, I just felt like I kept meeting all of these amazing people that were telling me these things that they were doing. And I'm like, other people need to hear about this. This is absolutely just fantastic and I really wanted to share because like it, it was it was so inspiring for me but I knew that other people would also be inspired by that so there was kind of that whole aspect that was floating around that was just kind of happening organically and then I because I work in early intervention and pre-COVID days I was driving from client house to client house which on any given day I was probably in the car for three plus hours, like throughout the entire day. Some days it was longer, some days it was shorter, but I had a lot of time where I used to listen to music and then I got into podcast. But in the beginning, when I, when it first started, I didn't even put two and two together that there might be occupational therapy podcasts out there. I was listening to business podcasts, real estate podcasts, financial podcasts, and then I stumbled upon physical therapy podcasts and I was like, yes, these are awesome, but it's PT. It's not OT. So then, of course, I went down the rabbit hole of like trying to figure out 
are there OT podcasts out there? Who's out there? What are they talking about? And at this point in time, when I was doing this research, there were not that many OT podcasts on the map. And mind you, this was probably close to three years ago, maybe even before that. Probably and before I even started. Yes. Yeah. You had not started. Yeah. And I remember just kind of sitting there and I'm like, we need more. Like there's hundreds of physical therapy podcasts. There's hundreds of speech therapy podcasts. Like why aren't there any OT or why are there so little OT podcasts out there? And then that kind of planted the seed of like, well, we need more. I don't know if I can do this, but we definitely need more. And then the other tidbit, I guess, that was kind of happening with me is was really kind of this internal thing that, that I've been kind of going through my entire life. I grew up in, incredibly shy and I've always been trying to work on improving my public speaking and just getting more comfortable talking to people and sharing my voice and putting my voice out there. So I, I, I kind of just sat down. I was probably driving one day. I was probably during work. And I was like, okay, I'm meeting all these really cool OT practitioners and students that I want to share their story. We need more representation of occupational therapy podcasts in the podcasting space. And I want to work on my own personal journey of kind of using my voice and putting my voice out there. Why don't I just start? And so I did. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> Still took me a while, but I did it. So we're, we're both, I, I guess you'd call it self-taught in the, the art and science of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh along with that comes a lot of lessons learned so what was what was say one of the biggest things that you might have stuffed up during your podcast learning how to podcast I feel like to start like there's always something there's always something that happens and Mm -hmm. you kind of have to expect the unexpected every single time even if you've done it a hundred episodes you and I were still troubleshooting stuff at the very beginning of this recording. But my biggest mishap or learning experience would have been the very first episode I ever recorded. Yes. (laughs) Shout out to Laura Park Figueroa on that (laughs) one. So I, I had my guest. I I was prepared, quote unquote, I was prepared. I had no idea, no idea what I was doing at that point because this was episode one. But I signed on with my guest. I, I had my list of questions. I, I had my tech, you know, I had my mic. I had all this stuff. I thought I was ready. We go, we do the interview. And afterwards, it's like, okay, we're done. We made it through. I like wipe my brow. I'm like, phew, okay, I did it. Like first one's in the bag. And then I go to just double check the audio. There was nothing there. Oh, no. Just hadn't hadn't worked or hadn't hit record or what? The video was there. But for whatever reason, I, I, I still don't know exactly to this day what I did. I don't know if the audio was coming in somewhere else and it just didn't pick up the audio 
but we had the video. The video had no sound and there was no separate audio oh, tracks no. anywhere. Yeah. Oh, so podcaster's worst nightmare. <laughs> on episode one, yeah. And I think for me, it was challenging because like what I had just mentioned that I was already kind of putting myself out there and already kind of overcoming a lot of these internal shyness and imposter syndrome and kind of disbelief that I could do it anyway. And then all of a sudden I'm like, and I freaking messed up the very first episode. Podcasting is about audio and I couldn't even get the audio bit. I can definitely sympathize because I've had very similar experiences. Uh, I had a very similar experience like last week where I was in the middle of recording. So for a bit of clarity, so my recording setup's a little bit different to Sarah's where mine kind of records in two places. Um, There's the main hardware recorder that I use, but then I've also got like Zoom records as kind of a backup. I hadn't hit record on my hardware recording recorder, which is where I usually pull my audio from. Uh, and Zoom, rather than pulling the audio from my microphone, was pulling it from my webcam. So it sounded like I was in a fish tank for the first half of the episode before I realized like, hey, that thing's not recording. The little record light's not on. And I started recording about half, I think it was about half an hour into a two-hour session or something. Not that the episode will be that long, but there's a large chunk of it uh, that, yeah, I went from being in a fish tank to sounding like this. So it's it's quite a difference. Um, that episode hasn't actually come out yet. It won't have come out before this one, so... I'll see if anyone can actually work out because I've worked a little bit of magic on it. We'll see if anyone can actually work out which episode they think it is. It'll be in the next, it'll be within the next 10 episodes. So uh, yeah, we'll see, see how it goes. There's always ways around things, obviously, unless you don't have the audio at all. There's not really much you can do with that. That's very hard to edit. But uh, sound... There's no way around that oh, one. No. <laughs> No, but sound quality things, and sound quality is a thing that I know we both uh, take very seriously. It's it's very I it's it's important if you've got it's kind of like Maslow's. I see podcasting as like a Maslow's type thing where you've got content, you've got no actually just getting the audio, and then as you go up, you get to things like sound quality. So yes, it's more important that you actually record with whatever you've got and it's more important that the content itself is really good but then once you've got those two sort of basic needs quote unquote done then i think audio quality is up there with what needs to come next um and then before you know fancy editing and all of that sort of stuff is your audio quality because like i said uh, no one wants to listen to someone for an hour or half an hour or even 10 minutes if you sound like you're underwater or in a fishbowl or anything like that. Like, you know, and wants to, it's not entertaining. I don't care how good your content is, then it becomes an issue. So, yeah, unfortunately, um, we are human. <laughs> so even though yours <laughs> happens on episode one, mine happens on episode whatever it's going to be after a hundred uh we still have these little mistakes that 
uh, we just like to keep it, keep ourselves on our toes, I think. Yep. Yeah, completely. I mean, there's, there's always something that we have to figure out whether it is some sort of audio or sound or video or connection. I mean, I've, I've had times where I haven't even been able to connect with my guests before. This was back when I was using, I, I was not using Zoom. I was using a different recording or a, a different video video thing like Skype um, kind of yeah Skype. One, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you can't really record a podcast if you can't even connect with your guests to start with so I mean yeah there it's it, it is it's just constant learning it's constant improving it's constant tweaking you know this like mm. you get a new mic or you get some fancy new tech gadget because you're all about that I and do. it's just playing around with it <laughs> you do and just kind of figuring it out and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't work and you try something and it's like oh that sounded great or I really like that okay I'm gonna keep doing that or "Mm, that didn't work as well all right I'm gonna squash that for the next one and try something else but it is it's a it's a constant learning process and I I honestly think that just ties right into occupational therapy what we're doing on a daily basis working with our clients working with patients like it's constantly kind of learning and figuring out and tweaking and adjusting and for each client and each circumstance and diagnosis and all that kind of stuff. So there's, I, th- I would say there's a lot of overlap between podcasting and also working as an occupational therapy practitioner. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, it, it's, it's a lifelong learning pursuit. <laughs> so in kind of reflecting about the learning process and everything that you and I have gone through starting and then running and kind of continuing a podcast. What would you say, Brock, is one of the, what's one of, I'm going to start that over. (laughs) You're going to have to deal with me on this one. What would you say are some of the biggest things that you've learned throughout this entire journey? Hmm. The, I mean, so much. Um, there's obviously like the hard skills of, you know, audio editing and audio engineering and all that sort of stuff that you learn throughout the process, obviously, unless you're outsourcing, which neither of us do. I know some podcasters do, but I don't know about you, but for me, learning how to do that stuff was like part of the fun. So that's what I actually enjoyed is sort of that tech side of it. So there's definitely those skills. Um, on terms of personal, I think, uh, being able to build rapport, communicate, I think, I think it's been a really good exercise in, uh, improving those skills also. Mm -hmm. And I know I still do it a lot, but I don't do it nearly as much as I used to, but filler words, because (laughs) when you edit your own voice talking you realize how often you say ums ahs mm, uh, mm, uh. yeah okay you know right you know, you know was another one uh there i go again i do say that a lot that's my thinking noise so, i had yeah, 75 put- in my first my, my first actual recorded episode that i put out i had 75 you knows before i stopped counting <laughs> Oh, that you said. That I said. That wasn't my guest. That was all me. And it, I still have, because 
back in the day, I would actually hand write my like preparation notes and all of that kind of stuff. And so I was writing, I was making all these edits because I was didn't quite know how to edit at that point. Yep. And so it was like, minute 101, you know, minute 113, you know, <laughs> all the way up to 75. Wow. So I've had, I've actually had one guest who asked if I could remove some of, I can't remember what the word was. I don't know if, I don't think it was um, but it was something. It was a filler word of some sort. It might have even been, you know. And <laughs> asked if I could take out some of them if possible. Uh, and I hadn't realized at the time when we were recording, like how often they were saying it. Uh, until I went to edit it and I removed 160-something within, I think it was about an hour and a bit episode. And that wasn't even all of them. There were some that were like so entangled with other words that I couldn't really take them out. But I was like, wow, that took a really long time to edit. But, and it came out well. I don't think I have it again. Another challenge for the listeners. If you can work out which episode that actually was then I've failed as an editor, but <laughs> it uh it came out. The content was too good not to put out. So yeah, there's certain challenges mm-hmm. and that's something that after doing that, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be doing that again. That took like hours of sifting through audio and trying to like cut waveforms and reduce noises and yeah, it was a mission, but it was all worth it in the end. It's all a learning experience. <laughs> Right back to that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Anything else that you feel like you've learned? Um, There's obviously, there's also, I guess, the individual things that I learn from my guests, which is massive. Uh, I tend to now, I think originally when I first started, I would shy away from a lot of sort of difficult topics. When what I should have been doing and something that I aim to do and I try and do now is, I guess, dive head on into. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've had some topics that personally really challenge me. Um, There was the episode that I did with Dev around uh, use of proper pronouns and that kind of stuff and how that actually works and why why it's a thing um there was the episode that i did with terpa and jody around uh colonization uh of healthcare systems etc within an australian context so there's episodes like that that i that challenge what i know stuff that i don't know much about so a lot of the episodes I do try and get stuff because that's interesting to me is stuff that I don't know about. Like there's no point, I mean, there's a point for other people, but there's no point for me in talking about a lot of stuff that I already know because that's, I mean, that would be boring for me, It would be, which would then probably be boring for everyone else. So yeah, I, I like to use them, use the episodes as learning opportunities and... <laughs> see what I can take out of each sort of individual episode. I know that you do the same thing because you've actually started posting episodes with your learnings in them. So it's very obvious that you're learning things from your episodes as well. Every every single one. And I like literally said this, I recorded yesterday with, with somebody and at the end I was like, 
I don't know if you caught this, but I was speechless a lot of the time that you were talking because I was literally processing everything that she was saying and everything that she was sharing. And I was drawing these massive lines between, even though we were on a very focused topic, I could make all these connections to things that were way broader than that. And I know like when we were talking, I'm like, she's probably like, why is, why is Sarah not responding right now? And it's because literally my brain was just going a million miles a minute thinking and reflecting about all of everything that was like happening in that moment. And yeah, I, I feel like I learned something from every single episode that I do. And yeah, you're totally right. Like I would say maybe maybe six, six to seven months ago, I started doing kind of like takeaway episodes where I just kind of share my feedback of what I learned, what resonated with me, what broader kind of connections that I made. And it's just a way that I kind of share what I took away, but I know everybody kind of takes away different things from each episode and different things that are said, the different guests, the different topics and all that kind of stuff. But not only from a host lens of learning from my guests, but also from a podcast consumer listening to other OT podcasts, I have learned so much because people will bring on guests and talk about topics that I'm like, I didn't even know that this existed or I didn't realize so many people were working on this or I didn't realize that this could be an, you know, an emerging practice area or something like that. So it, it, like the learning kind of goes like twofold of like me when I'm talking to my guests, but then also when I listen to say your show, Brock, and I'll sit there and be like, wow, like that's so cool. I've never heard of this person before. I've never heard of the work they're, that they're doing, but I'm like, give me more, right? Like just, I want to hear, I want to hear it all. So it, it really does just kind of go back to that learning process. And I think that kind of ties into what I was uh, thinking next was part of that, I guess, continually trying to find new people that you want to learn off and stuff like it can be a challenge sometimes. There's a lot of uh, people that, I've had a lot of people approach me about like, oh, can I be on the show with things? And I'm like, I I have no issue with it. But like what you want to talk about is either stuff that I've covered with other people or stuff that is not relevant to anything that I'm interested in, which presents a challenge where you're like, are you, am I, for me anyway, I can speak for myself, but uh, am I doing this because I enjoy it or am I only doing it for other people uh and i think that's one of the the hardest things that i've found is essentially telling people i'm sorry but that's not anything that's really overly interesting to me or anything that i want to learn about or something that i don't already know about or i'm not very familiar with so that's been a, a i guess hard part but i'm thinking about what do you think might be or what was for you remember this part of your journey what was the hardest oh. part of set of starting a podcast but then also we've seen a lot of podcasts that start but don't really go anywhere after that so what was the hardest part of starting initially but then also what was something that was difficult to like how do you keep going how do you continue making a podcast to 100 episodes <laughs> well definitely it goes back to 
the whole kind of being shy and being afraid of using my voice and putting my voice out there. That was hands down in the beginning. That was the hardest thing for me to really overcome. And that took a lot of work on my part. And that took a lot of support actually from my friends and my family of people being like, no, you need to share this. This, this is good, right? Like you need to put this stuff out there. And I'm like, God, I don't know who wants to listen to me. Yada, yada. All these other people are so much better than me. You know, that whole imposter syndrome stuff, but like first and foremost, yeah, really overcoming the hurdle of putting my voice out there was the hardest. And then I think the second part of your question is like continuing to do it. For me, I feel like the passion really has to be there. And I think maybe not so much in the OT space, but it just in podcasting in general, a lot of people are like, I'm going to start a podcast, but they don't really pick something that they're passionate about. And then 10, 15 episodes in, they're kind of like, hey, I'm sick of talking about this topic. For me, I love talking about occupational therapy. I love learning from people, right? What we were just talking about and really kind of diving into these, into topics, into concepts, into research, into things that maybe I haven't come across in my practice yet, or maybe I've heard about it, but I just really don't know all that much about it, or it's a different practice area that I've never worked in before. And so really, I think it's that passion piece that pushes me and kind of drives me to continue. And I think one of the hard parts about podcasting in general is we put a lot of work into each episode that we put out, whether it's the preparation, whether it's the actual recording, whether it's the post-production. And a lot of the times we don't get a lot of feedback. We might get an occasional message here and there, but we pour our heart and soul into each episode and it's very rare that we get feedback on it. And I think in the beginning that was hard because I'd sit there and be like, I just spent 20 hours or 30 hours working on this one episode because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And in the beginning, it took me a long time <laughs> to do them. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. But back That's when I first started, yes. Nearly a full-time job just to make an episode. <laughs> when, when I was handwriting out my, you knows at and timestamps, yes, it took a long time. But I think that was really hard of like, I put in all this effort and I'm not getting any feedback. Why mm. am I even doing this? Yeah. And, and that being said, it ties back into that passion piece. I am passionate about what I'm doing. Hopefully people enjoy what I'm doing and they're getting value out of it, even if I don't hear it. But I had to overcome that hurdle of like, hopefully people still like it, even though I'm not getting the feedback that I was hoping that I'd be receiving in the beginning. And just really going back to like, what is your why? Why are you doing this? Who are you doing this for? Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, that's definitely something I can definitely relate to. And you, you're right. You don't get a lot of feedback. A lot of the time it feels like a, a one-way street where all the traffic's going out and there's not much coming in. But the feedback that I have received has has usually been amazing. Uh, and, you know, people have reached out around certain topics. They've um, given their opinion on certain things that I, I've posted or that my guest has said. Um, they've shared some phenomenal stories. There's, there's been so many stories about how 
um, the podcast and other podcasts have like helped them in some way. Like I've had stories of people that were, you know, I've sort of lost my way with the profession a bit and then found Occupied and, and a few other podcasts and, you know, it re-inspired me about OT itself kind of thing. Like I'm not trying to like, I feel bad saying that kind of stuff out loud because it feels like I'm tooting my own horn, but like, there's that's the mess that's the emails that we get that's the messages that we get sometimes and that when you get that even though you don't get a lot of feedback but the i guess the the high impact of the messages that i do receive sometimes yeah you might get one a month and it's like that it's worth it like Mm -hmm. I, i i remember from the very start and i don't know whether it was i think this was more of a coping mechanism for my uh, imposter syndrome when I first started, but I I'd already always said like, man, if ten people listen to this, I'll be happy. And I've always said, and I've said this to you a few times, like, if one person takes something away from an episode, then it's a success. Like, I already get what I get from it when I'm recording it, like when I'm initially having those conversations with people, or. If it's an episode that's just me, then it's, you know, the re- the reflection that I've gone through on whatever it is, whether it's smart goals or OT memes or whatever it is that I'm raging about at, the po- at that point in time. Uh, my The reflection process for me is, like, that's what I get the value from. So uh, by the time the episode's go- gone out, I've already got from it what I need to get from it personally. So if someone else, one other person gets something from it, Whatever it is, whether it's good, bad, it makes them think, anything at all. If one person gets something from it, then to me, it's that's worth the effort. So I've had people go, oh, you've set your sights so low. And I'm like, no, it's just, that's just realistic. Like, that's what I, that's, I don't know, that's just how I think. And I'm not trying to like downplay what the podcast has done or the impact it may have had on someone and that kind of stuff. But that's not. Like I'm not aiming to like I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna reach every OT in the profession worldwide kind of thing. Like that's not what it's for. The the podcast for me it's a hobby for one. Um, I have no interest in, even though I have been approached a number of times by different individuals about monetizing and selling ads, and I'm like it's not to me. That's not what it's about, and that's not specifically for occupied that's not the kind of i guess it doesn't fit with what occupied is and i know there's other podcasts that are i got nothing against you know monetizing your podcast if that's what you want to do but because it started as a hobby it very much is a passion project i think i don't know it just never fit with what i wanted from that specific podcast and I think that was a hard journey of trying to navigate at the start too was yeah, going okay. like actually working out what is this podcast? Like what what is it? What is its ethos? What is its mission? What is it? What am I aiming to get out of it? What am I aiming to do with it? Is actually sitting down and consciously thinking about, well, what is this? What is the mission? Going back to the messages that we have received now, yes, I did say that we don't get much. And while that is true, the, 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 the messages that I have received, and this is something that 
when I started podcasting, I was not anticipating this to happen. This was not one of my reasons, like one of my reasons of why or anything like that. But I agree. I've had messages from people that said, I was about to leave the profession. I was about to switch and do something else because I was so burnt out from doing occupational therapy. And I stumbled upon your podcast and, you know, potentially some others and it reinvigorated my passion for the profession. And I just remember when I got that first message message of somebody saying that, and I was like, wow, I, I had no idea that I could have, that my show could have this impact on somebody. And then I'd get another one and it was similar. And then I get another one and I'm just like, hey, this is not what I was anticipating with the show, but if it can help the five people that have sent me this message, I'm like, my my day is made. My year is made. My 100 episodes so far are made because I think there is a lot of burnout. I think there are a lot of negative things that happen within our profession that it's tricky. It's hard. It's hard being an occupational therapy practitioner. And to be a reason that we didn't lose an amazing practitioner to another profession. I'm just like, yeah, that's, I don't know. That just gives me, gives me all the chills. It gives me all the feels right there. So I completely resonate when you, when you meant, when you mentioned about the messages that you have received, because that's really one of the things that pushes me to kind of keep going and know that I might not hear everything, but the ones that do reach out are very, very, like extremely, incredibly meaningful and purposeful in my eyes. I think also one of the, uh, kind of on the flip side of that is one of the weird things. And I think because podcasting is generally such a one-way street, uh, one of the weird things for me was at our I know what you're gonna national say. <laughs> conference, having people like come up to you in person and go, hey, I listen to your podcast. And I'm like, that just feels so awkward. I'm like, you know things about me and I have never met you before. And I mean, obviously that's the nature of podcasting, but it just, for the a couple moments, it's like, I don't really know what to do with this. I don't know how to process this. So that's, I mean, it was nice. It was, it, I didn't hate it, but it was just something that you never really... I'd never really thought about it before that like the people that are listening, because on our end, we get numbers. We get like, oh, this many downloads. They don't even call them people. This many downloads <laughs> happen on a certain episode or within a certain time frame or whatever it is. And when that finally, when you're able to have an experience like that where those downloads, quote unquote, turn into people in your head, it's like, oh. They're actually people listening to, you know, me talk to such and such or me ramble on about something. Uh, that's It's a, a weird feeling. I think that just goes to like the the intimacy of podcasting. When, when I myself am listening to a podcast, I usually have my headphones in and I'm going for a walk or a run or I'm doing something around the house. And you're literally between the person's ears and, and speaking to them. You're mm. speaking directly to them. And I've had people do the same thing and they come up and they're like, I feel like you're one of my really good friends. And I'm like, I just met you. Like, tell yeah. me about yourself. Like, I want to meet you now. But yeah, like, yeah. 
And I know that I'm like the same way with the podcast that I listen to religiously. Even if I've never connected with the host before, I feel like I know them really well because I listen to them every week or twice a week or once a month, whatever it is, however, however often it comes out. And you feel like they're like one of your friends, like you're sitting there, even though you're not, you're a part of the conversation, you're just not having the conversation with them. But you feel like you're just like sitting around the fire and having a conversation with some of with some of your closest and best friends there. So yeah, that's also been kind of an interesting thing to navigate because of starting the podcast for sure. <laughs> so what was what was your and I like how you describe it as the intimate conversation. So what was your most listened to intimate conversation that you've had? Or was it a conversation or was it just you? No, it was definitely a conversation. It was an interview and it was my 48th episode. And it was actually the interview that I did with Laura Pedix from the OT Butterfly. And the title of it, just in case anybody's curious to check it out, it's called Sensory, Sensory Integration and the Transformation from Clinic to Home. So basically, Laura and I had this whole conversation about her work as a clinic-based therapist and really focused on how we can kind of carry over, how we can make that, that jump from working in the clinic to also having an impact in the kiddos that she was working with in the home. And yeah, that, that has been my number one most downloaded episode for many, many months. So actually it might be close to a year at this point. So yeah, people like it. They like the pediatric clinic-based sensory integration chat that I had. What about you, Brock? What is your most downloaded episode? So the most downloaded ones, I mentioned it actually before, uh, was my chat with Tirupa, Ritchie, and Jody Booth around unpacking colonized thinking uh, within the profession. And I can, I mean, I, I feel like the, the timing of that particular episode may have helped that because at the time, and it should be an ongoing thing, but at the time um, was uh, that that kind of stuff was very much almost in the news as well as sort of on therapist minds. So I, that was about six months before that episode, uh, I was at our national conference and had a, uh, was in a workshop that Turpa was running around that exact topic. Uh, And I think it was called uh, Explore, something to do with my whiteness, or not my, but whiteness, uh, exploring whiteness or something like that. Um, and I found it very uh, confronting, uh, and it was meant to be. That was the whole point of it. But it, it, I was like, oh, like I need to learn more about this. And it turns out that Tirupu was well connected with a, a friend of mine, Jody, uh, who, thank you, Jody, put that that together that connected us. And then yeah, we recorded that episode, and it was just. Turpa has to be probably one of the most well-read OTs I've ever met. Uh, has quotes for everything, knows all of the research around the topics that he talks about, has read all of the books. 
is very, very good at formulating a very well-educated opinion. And that's the kind of stuff like they're the people that I like to learn from because it's not just them giving their opinion, which, yes, like I asked him for his opinion on certain things, but it's very research-backed and very well-educated. And that's, I think, what also helped with that episode because it's for some people they can find that a challenging topic and having i think a lot of the research backing and not just someone come on and go you're bad and here's why which is what i think a lot of western white australian people are actually afraid of in when actually discussing those topics uh helped and yeah, it was it was a really interesting. You know, I've listened to it a number of times back now, um, and and I still there's still little things that I pick up during the conversation when I re-listen to it every now and then. So uh, yeah, that's that was the twenty second of January last year, twenty twenty. So right before the world tanked, uh, that episode came out, and it's yeah, it's been my my top episode top downloaded episode uh since then but i having a look at even the top 10 a lot of mine seem to be well there's kind of a mix like there's no pattern i can't because i often uh, it's how i think i often look for patterns in things and i've noticed patterns like on terms of time of year and downloads and that kind of stuff for me anyway i don't think they fit everyone but you know, look at the top 10 like it's not like I thought maybe the top ones might be those more challenging episodes. And yes, there's a couple of them in there. I've also had thoughts in the past that the episodes might that relate to students might do better. Yes, there's a couple of them in there. But there's such a broad mix. Uh, I, there's even a couple of like my monologues where it's just me talking um, rather than... Uh, interviews so that I, I i can't see any pattern in the top 10 it's just what appeals to people at that point in time i guess same like i literally just pulled mine up as you were talking and i'm like i wonder i should look for trends in my top 10 and i was thinking originally before i looked at it i'm like oh i bet there's going to be a lot of pediatric in there because i being a pediatric therapist i've done a lot of pediatric episodes and i have three like the top one and then I have one on early intervention and I have one with helping kids with autism like and that's the only three pediatrics then I have one about collaboration interprofessional collaboration I have one about diversity I have one about confidence I have one about being going from OT school to being a new grad I have one about acquired brain injury and working in the prisons like there's no there's no trend. There is no theme with any of those that are in my top 10 right now. But I want to know, Brock, because earlier you mentioned how that episode that you did was actually one of your more challenging episodes for you yourself, yes. personally, probably professionally too, and as well as just being a podcast host. Yeah. What, how does it make you feel that that is your top downloaded episode? knowing that it was a hard one to prepare for and record and probably listen back to and hear some of the things that you have said 
you know, like during the actual episode like do you have what are your reflections from that um that's a good question uh, i've i i don't think it's i don't find it particularly hard to listen back to uh i found initially uh getting my head around uh, essentially it's it it was me trying to get my head around like a whole other that particular episode a whole other culture's perspective on something that I had kind of just taken for granted, which was like OT and healthcare and the impact that it has on people. Uh, and it was, so that was, and still continues to be something that I, I try and work on and try and get better at all the time. I, I think listening back, it's more little tidbits and stuff and I guess re confirming things that I, I learned when I first had that conversation or even further back when I first did the workshop with Tirupa. Um On terms of how you manage it on the day, I think I, I think those kinds of topics are, are things that you go into prepared uh, to be challenged. Like there's stuff I know I don't know anything about. I'm well aware of how limited, because I think OT is so broad and then you add other topics that impact on OT like that one on top of that, like the 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 breadth of topic is massive within this profession or for this profession. So I think there's there's so much that I don't know and I'm well aware of that and that's partly why I do the podcast is for my own learning. That's like That's a big part of it actually. So I go into those conversations with genuine curiosity. It's not something that I think if that kind of conversation was like sprung on you, it might have an impact on you, but I can't even really see how that would happen. Um, not for a podcast anyway, especially if you're the one organizing the people to come and talk with you, which, you know, I don't know how you'd be surprised by that. Although it has happened once, but that's a different topic. Um, yeah, I... I I think because you're, I was organizing that conversation or wanting to have that conversation for the purpose of challenging myself because challenging myself is how I learn. Uh, I had the same or same sort of experience when I, when I brought Dev on to talk about pronouns and um, the, the, the impact that that can have uh, on you know, people of diverse genders or even any, anyone really. Um, that was another conversation I brought Dev on because uh, he'd been on your show before. He'd been on a couple other podcasts. I can't remember off the top of my head which ones. And I, I kind of had the, a rough idea of how that worked, like the pronoun thing worked, but I wasn't really clear. And uh, Dev was a friend before we did that episode and I'm like what better person to challenge me and teach me how it works and we'll share that learning experience so yeah I still get messages from people like quoting things that I've said where I stuffed up what Dev's pronoun I think you used to do it all the time <laughs> uh, <laughs> where I stuffed up Dev's pronouns during the episode uh, which is fine it like appreciate it because it means that people are listening to it and they're actually listening out for the pronouns which is which is also good but 
I've had people like, why didn't you like fix this or why didn't you re-record it? I'm like, but that's not the point. The point like that, what you're listening to isn't me changed person. What you're listening to is me going through a learning experience and it's not like the matrix. You don't just download information and you know it. Like you learn things and then you have to try and implement them. And sometimes implementing things that you've at that stage been doing for saying or thinking for 30 something years uh it takes a while to to get your head around that and to change it and that was like step one right there what they what you're listening to when you listen to that episode is step one and that's the same with the um the colonized thinking uh episode it was something that i didn't know much about until i'd done that workshop i didn't even realize how big an issue it is in australia specifically because that was the context we were in and I'm sure that there are things that I engage in, systems that I am a part of, uh, and even some words that I might use that still play into that narrative, that negative narrative. But what you are listening to when you hear that episode is, well, for that one, it's kind of stage two because I'd already done the workshop with Durpa, So, But it's part of the learning process. I, I Even now, I'm far and away not even close to uh, perfect and knowing everything about that topic that I can sort of avoid it or, or fix it or remedy it or even advocate as well as I'd like to uh, against it or for it, depending on which side you're thinking about. But yeah, you get my gist. But <laughs> like it's part of the learning process. So I think putting out that... I don't think podcasts need to be super polished and informative that's why we have textbooks if you want to learn just the hard knowledge and this is exactly how things are blah 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 go and read a textbook for me podcasts are more about ex the experience and yes for some time some people it's about interviewing them and getting their experience of whatever so i've done a few interviews where it's not with ot's it's with uh someone with a lived experience of you know, for most of the episodes that i've done like that it's usually some sort of mental health uh diagnosis so it's their lived experience and that's a valuable learning tool for those two those couple of episodes it's my lived experience of learning this new challenge this thing that's challenging me as an individual um so yeah i feel like the a lot of the value I get from podcasts and a lot of the value I try and put into podcasts is the experience, not just the the, the raw information. Because otherwise, you can make a blog post about that. You can read a textbook, or I can just send you a list of references. The experience is, I feel, the the more valuable thing that you can get through podcast episodes. And I feel like I've just gone the longest ever way of answering that question. I'm not even sure if I answered it. You did. Okay, good. And I want to I want to dig in a little bit deeper on this kind of shared learning experience because that really stands out to me. And I really think that that's one of the biggest things that I've learned about myself throughout this whole podcasting journey. I feel like in the beginning, I had this thought, I had this, I had this belief that like, I needed to know more than I did and I needed to come out and I needed to be able to show that. And over the two plus years that I've been podcasting and now a hundred episodes in, I've realized that it's not about me knowing everything. There's no way that I can know everything about 
everything in occupational therapy. Like there's just, there is no way I have my experience. I have my background. I have my journey. I have everything that has led me up until that point that I'm hitting record with that guest. And it, it really has kind of become more of me learning to embrace what I don't know going into that episode and during the episode and even after the episode, because things will come up afterwards that people are like, well, why did you say that? Or that was an interesting thing. Let's talk about a little more. And I'm like, whoa, okay, hold on. Like, I need to think about that. And it's really not, not feeling like we need to know everything, but actually allowing the learning process to happen. And for example, like this just happened yesterday with the guests that I was recording with, we had a little kind of pre-interview chat, which I will do with some of my guests just to kind of lay out the format and just kind of like see what we want to talk about. And right when we started the call and the, the topic that we were talking about was, was limb differences. And right when we started the call, I asked my guest, I was like, hey, I want to make sure that I am using the appropriate language. I'm using inclusive language that, you know, promotes positivity. And I, I don't want to be negative. I don't, I don't want to come across as rude or anything like that. So what should I be like, how should I be addressing when we are talking about limb loss and, and limb differences? And we had this whole conversation about it. And then we went on to, you know, talk about the show and all that kind of stuff. And then that was a week before we recorded. So that was a week ago. And then I'm like sitting there as I'm kind of preparing for the show. And I'm like, if I have this question, I bet other people have this exact same question. How do we address working with this population? Now, in this episode, yes, it was about limb differences, but you could literally take that out and put in anything else, any other different topic when we're talking about the importance of language. And so I, I told my guests when we when we got on right before we recorded and I said, hey, I know we've already talked about this, but I realized the importance of sharing my journey, sharing my experience of like, I actually don't really know how to reference this population. Let's, let's, I'm going to ask this question and you can tell me what you've already told me because I think other people can get value from that. And I think, I think that's just so important for us as hosts, but also for practitioners and students that are listening that we don't need to know everything, but we have to be willing to ask in a non-threatening, non-demeaning way, but ask to learn and ask to kind of understand. And it's just been one of those things that I've really kind of learned throughout this process to just start to embrace about myself and be okay with not knowing everything. What would you say, Brock, have you learned about yourself throughout this journey of podcasting? Uh, a lot. Um, I, I think another thing that I've kind of discovered about myself is similar to what you were just saying there, that it's it's okay not to know everything and it's okay to make mistakes while you're learning something and that's something that some of those more challenging episodes have made me realize is that for a lot of people i think conversations like that they they won't have them or they'll avoid them or they won't put them out if they are recording them say for a podcast yep. 
because they're afraid of how they're going to be judged on how they handle it or what if I say something wrong and that kind of stuff. And that's, it's going to happen. Like you're going to say something wrong and uh, that, more than once. <laughs> yeah, I still do it. Uh, but it's about what you do with that information afterwards. And it, like you said, it's it's part of the learning process and you need to, I guess, give yourself a little bit of grace and you're not, uh, you're not justifying uh, like a wrong behavior by doing that. You're simply giving yourself some space to be able to learn better. It's okay to stuff things up if you're trying to learn. If you're just justifying your shitty behavior, <laughs> then that's a bit different. But if you're like, oh, okay, damn it, I stuffed up. And I say so with the pronoun thing, Dev's called me out on a number of times since that episode uh on various times when i've incorrectly used uh either his or other people's pronouns and no i understand that someone's going to call me out because of what i just said but if you look up dev he actually uses both now so that's okay uh yeah, so and that that's part of the learning process for me. Like, and I think that's one of the reasons why, with some of those more challenging topics, that they're just not spoken about very often, is because people are too afraid to give themselves the grace to actually learn about it. And that's what you need to do. Like, that's 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 what we need to do to have some of those more challenging conversations with not just podcasts, but just with people in general. Uh, we need to be a little bit forgiving during the learning process. Not saying that we need to forgive <clears throat> behaviors overall, but during that learning process, if the person is actively trying to make changes and to learn new things, then give them a little bit of leeway, assist them, help them, call them out, ask them how you can help them. Um, that's that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned is more around how those uh, I, I guess to be confident enough to admit that I'm gonna make mistakes and it's part of my learning and be nice to me that's okay <laughs> <laughs> don't pick on me you want to know something else that we both learned recently about each other ourselves and this came up in our last roundtable recording. I, I don't know, know if you remember this. <laughs> no, I'm curious now. That you and I have, according to the Myers oh, Briggs yes. Myers Briggs personality test, you and I have the exact same personality type. <laughs> Which, if people know us, you probably wouldn't think that on the surface level. And Michelle, our other co-host on the OT Roundtable podcast, was like, what? You guys are the same personality? Uh, and we're like... blew her mind as well. <laughs> yes. Because there's, there's a lot of differences, I feel like, at least in how we maybe show our personalities. But then when we actually talked about, like what it what the components are and what and what we are i'm like oh i can totally see yeah, that <laughs> we are same same but different yes yeah so that's another thing i learned about about us through this process yeah i forgot about that mm -hmm. yeah we are we are commanders we are e entjs just in case anybody's curious 
you can look that up and then you'll know us better <laughs> than we knew each other apparently yeah yep so what what changes have you seen with ot podcasts in general so obviously when you started and there was very few i'm not sure there probably was only one or two when you first started looking into if there was ot podcasts i know when i started occupied i think there might have been like three ot podcasts out there and they all uh seem to be about like specific client groups or specific topics there was nothing really broad which is kind of one of the reasons why i started occupied but now there's a million i don't know there's a lot what what's what are some of the changes you think or that you've seen within ot podcast since we i assume we started in the same year so i'm just gonna say since we started yeah i feel like when I started, there might've been like five. So of course, if there were three, when you started, then there was four and then maybe like one more added in before I started. And I think generally speaking, there's been a massive increase in the number of occupational therapy podcasts out there, which is fantastic. Like that's amazing, right? The, the more the merrier. And I think it's all about kind of lifting others and, and really kind of putting occupational therapy on the map. And the more that we can talk about it, the more that we can get our voices out there about who we are and what we do, like that's amazing. And that's just fantastic. I think a, a, another big thing I've noticed is a lot more student run podcast where yep. students are doing it either part of their academic program or they're doing it just because they are passionate about it and they, they want to start talking about OT. And so Yes, there are a lot more practitioners that are hosting podcasts, but there's also a lot of students that are doing it as well. And I think even just over maybe the last six to 10 months, there's been a, a quite an increase in just the, the diversity of the voices that are coming out and practice areas and topics that they're talking about too. So while both you and I, we kind of have very broad podcasts where we talk about anything and everything related to occupational therapy. There are some very specific topic-based podcasts that have been coming out that I'm just like, yeah, like this totally needs to be there. Like there, there's, uh, there's one and she's been doing it a couple months now and, and it's about teletherapy. And I'm like, yes, like teletherapy and OT, that's definitely something that needs to be talked about here. So there's it, I don't know. It, it's cool because that was one of the reasons I started the podcast because there were no OT podcasts. And now I feel like every month we are coming across somebody that's starting one or a new one that's kind of popped on the radar. And I really just think showing the diversity of the profession and the like kind of the breadth and the scope that we can do as OTs and hearing about that on the podcast on, on a podcast platform is really, really cool. Is there anything that you've noticed kind of generally speaking about OT podcasts over the past two and a half years? Yeah, I think, I think very similar to you. I, I, there's definitely a lot more student-led ones. I, I, I've seen a number of them. Like I was looking the other day and there was like four or five that seemed to all be from the same course, like it was part of their mm -hmm. coursework or something. Uh, there's a lot more... I wonder whether that has anything to do with just the accessibility and the popularity of podcasts in general increasing. Uh, and it's it's a fairly accessible medium at a basic level. 
to to make a podcast and put a podcast out like if you wanted to do just that and nothing more costs you nothing you can do it on your phone uh it is a very accessible medium if you want to get your voice out there any which way um the growth in ot podcasts i think has been interesting there's so there was kind of a i kind of break it down into two periods where uh there was a time not long after we both started where there was quite a number of ot podcasts that started at the same time where they seem to be there's quite a large percentage of those ones that are still running now there's a more recent time period where there's been a lot started that don't seem to be running anymore they've put out two or three episodes and then disappeared i don't know whether that's because it was for coursework and they didn't actually want to do it or anything like that um but from that sort of initial period like we kind of put together a bit of a ot podcaster community uh, which has been really cool. It's been mm-hmm. it's a really supportive sort of group, and we would whenever we found an OT podcast, and we could track down. This is on Facebook. We have a group. Whenever we could track down the the host or whoever was running that particular show, and could bring them into that group as well. Um, it was a place where OT podcasters could support each other uh, and bring each other up and answer questions because everyone's got different skills and ideas and you know thoughts on guests and thoughts on audio and equipment and quality and editing and all sorts of stuff and um you know there's different things that happened so there was one issue that i had where uh, after a, a mac update the program that i was using to edit just <laughs> stopped working so that was a place where you could have those conversations and make everyone else aware like don't do the update yet if you use audacity haven't done it yet. <laughs> no, you still haven't done it. That was like two years ago. I know. Only a year. <laughs> I, I will. I just, uh, I, yeah, I haven't done it yet. So like it, building that community was something that I definitely, I didn't foresee. That was one thing at the very start. I never foresaw that being part of the journey. Um, I'm definitely glad that it is because I've met some phenomenal OTs just because they have other podcasts and we've connected over that sort of mutual uh occupation so to speak so yeah there's there's a lot of changes i find there's quite a few podcasts now coming out where the audio quality is really good where back in the day some of the newer podcasts including this one including occupied (laughs) uh my first, I listened back to my first episode, and I'm like, it Ooh. sounds like you are recording in a public restroom. It is. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Like the audio quality is terrible. Uh, if you listen to the occupied version of this episode, the very first clip in the intro is from that first episode. If you're wondering why it sounds like trash, um, it was a throwback. So yeah, it, and that's part of the learning process has been improving that. But yeah. I feel like audio quality overall, and maybe it's because you know people are still just recording on their phones, but maybe the phones are better. I mean, I know microphones that are in. I'm an iPhone person, so I only know iPhones, but I know the microphones in iPhones have greatly improved over the last sort of couple of years and that kind of thing. So maybe it's just that base level equipment is better and it's creating better audio. I don't know, but 
I think the the average audio quality of a brand new podcast is a lot higher than it used to be, which is awesome. So that's definitely something I've I've noticed as well. I think I think this is a good time that we should talk about some of the changes that you and your show and my show have kind of gone through throughout this process because yeah when we're when, when we talk about going back to episode one <laughs> two three ten twenty i don't even know 98 there's been yeah there's been a lot of things that i know that i've changed and i know that you have changed as well so everything <laughs> me too like literally i've changed everything so why don't you share a little bit about maybe like what you had going on when you started and then what you do now equipment wise or process wise or what everything all Um, of the above so when i first started uh i had got a mic i'm like yep gonna do this found this mic that plugged into my computer like a usb mic it was an 80 r 2020 usb plus uh, I still have it. Uh, completely the wrong kind of mic for podcasting. Had no idea at the time. Um, it was a condenser mic, so it kind of it probably more designed for like singing and artists and designed for being used in a soundproof booth. Uh, you could hear dogs barking from four blocks over with that thing. <laughs> it picked up every noise. Like I reckon if the dog's belly rumbled three, three rooms over, yeah, that mic would have picked it up. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience trying to create some kind of soundproofing around that thing, just so that it could actually be usable. Anyway, so I, that, I probably had that for the first, oh, I don't know, guess maybe 10 episodes before I went, nah, this isn't cutting it. So I upgraded to the, the, oh, I actually ended up getting two mics at the same time. I did a I did a major overhaul overhaul of my equipment. I bought a Zoom H5, which is a hardware recorder. I bought two mics. I don't know why. I still don't know why I bought two mics at the same time. Because you love your tech gadgets. Because I'm a tech geek. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so I bought a Shure SM58, which is probably the most popular and well used microphone in the world if you've ever watched a live concert chances are they're using an sm58 they are practically bullet and i obviously didn't realize at the time when i ordered it but i actually really like the sound that it gave my voice so i tried to use that a fair bit um the issue was that it also wasn't usb so it had to go into the h5 and anyone who was zooming with me during that period would have had crappy audio from me from like my webcam or something while i was recording my awesome audio into the h5 so apologies for that but i also bought the the trusty and the uh ever used by podcasters atr 2100 which you are currently speaking (laughs) into on your end yep um (laughs) And that was probably a a good move because then I could run good audio to the person I was talking to as well as record it on my end. Kind Um, of important. (laughs) And it's just, uh, for the price, you can't beat it. It is a really excellent microphone. And I used that in phases between those two uh, right up until episode... Right up until this episode, actually. 
this is the first episode that I'm using a new microphone, which is an uh, an Aston Stealth, which is a a, a large diaphragm condenser, a large diaphragm dynamic microphone, which is you know tech speak for it's fancy and sounds good. So, um, yeah, and my new hardware recorder because my old h5 which was a phenomenal hardware recorder loved it to bits um kind of died so there's now the h5 or all the zoom different zoom company to the one we're seeing each other on but all of the the h5 h6 very much designed for music recording uh whereas they have now brought out a range that are specific to podcasting uh, so I now have a Zoom P4, which is uh, specific to podcasting. And so far, all of the features that it contains are bang on exactly what I need. It's about a fraction of the price of the old H5, which is even better because everybody loves uh, something that's awesome and cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's my, my current setup is this Aston Stealth and the Zoom P4. And hopefully... I one of the things that we've talked about we talked about again when I got this stuff on it when I ordered this stuff but I was you were saying like no one's going to notice and I'm like that's okay because I'm not <laughs> buying I don't buy this stuff for other people I it's for me and I can notice I notice a big difference if I put clips side by side or even without cuz I edit it I think I'm so sort of attuned to noises and how my voice sounds and that kind of thing and this i know many of people who listen probably have never met me in person but this microphone to me puts out the most accurate version of what my voice actually sounds like in real life which to most people who cares like as long as you you know you sound decent and you're getting your your message across but to a tech nerd like me that's that's cool so yeah on terms of the actual show itself uh i feel like it's mainly sort of my interview technique that's probably improved and made the show a little bit more efficient yes it still is long but that's how i like podcast i like long form podcasts that was always designed to be a long form pod- podcast i feel like there's a much i get a lot more value out of having these sort of long form conversations because the conversation can go wherever it goes. It's not structured. I'm not forcing it anywhere. Uh, it just goes where it goes. And then I, I, that's when I get the most value out of it. So it's always been a long form podcast. I did a slight update on my intro, uh, maybe five or six episodes ago. Um, those who have been listening for at least that long will probably have heard that previously, I used to record an individual intro over the music for every episode. Uh, and the reason I changed that was purely for efficiency. It's, it's, it makes my workflow a lot quicker doing a, sweet, a, a short intro beforehand, playing a standard clip with the music, introducing the show, etc., and then getting straight into the episode. So that's probably the main things that have changed. I, I'm a creature of habit in a lot of cases, so... Yeah. Oh, the other thing would be just the, the, I guess, the software and stuff that I get access to and I learn. So my graphics are definitely very different to when I first started. 
And that's Ooh, purely you'd be in, both. <laughs> yeah, and that's purely and simply because, oh, look, I learned this new toy. Let's use this and see what I can do with it. So, um, yeah, there's not. It's not. It's a Photoshop variant that I use. It's a Mac one called Pixelmator Pro uh, that I use for a lot of it. I use Canvas for some stuff, um, but it just creates higher quality images and a, a more consistent. I think that's the one thing I've probably been aiming for in the last at least 12 months is a more uh, consistent uh, graphic as opposed to before where it was just like, whatever. <laughs> just going to throw whatever I find out there. Pretty much. That's how it worked in a lot of cases. It was like, oh, I've got to post this episode. Oh, wait, I don't have a picture. What can I find? <laughs> so what about you? What's changed since you've started? Everything. Everything. Good. <laughs> Honestly, everything has changed. I think starting with kind of the tech gadget side, as you mentioned, yes, I record on the ATR 2100. That is not what I started on. I started on a $20 podcasting, quote unquote, podcasting mic. I remember it. And oh gosh, if you go back and you listen, and I actually think mine switched somewhere between episode 10 and episode 20. I can't remember because, you know, I had so many recorded on the ad mic to begin with. But yeah, you can definitely tell the difference from the first mic now moving on to this mic. And I'm absolutely obsessed with this mic. I have switched up from using just a basic mic stand to using a boom arm, which has completely revolutionized my sound because I tend to do a lot with my hands and bumping the table and all this kind of stuff. And when you have a basic mic stand, it picks up everything. When you have a boom arm that lifts the mic up off the table, I mean, as I'm, as I'm talking right now, I'm able to kind of move my hands around and it's not going to bump my mic. Uh, I've also upgraded a couple other components to the actual setup that have also helped with the sound quality and the bumps and the clicks and all of that kind of stuff. The shock mount. I have, yes, the shock mount. I have switched up my recording platforms numerous times. So when I originally started, I was using Google Hangouts. Then I started using Skype with Ecamm Recorder. And then I switched to Zoom. I'm trying to think if there was anything else in between. But I kind of like ran that full gamut. Oh, I've never that. used it as a host. I've I've been on other people's podcasts that use it, but I've never used it myself. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like there's a, there's no video component. That's the only thing. Yeah. But you can run Zoom and run ZenCaster, and I have done that before. But yeah, so I've I've switched that up. I upgraded my computer about a year ago because my old computer could not handle all the editing that I was doing and it was taking me <laughs> hours longer because it literally would just freeze or it would shut down. So I had to upgrade my computer to be able to handle the processing of editing and all of all of that type of stuff. And I would also agree, I think I've really been focused a lot on my overall systems and my overall processes of just trying to make it as efficient and pos- as possible. And I know I'm not the queen of that by any means but I've really tried to formulate a process so it's not just like oh what do I need to do next like I know exactly I do this first then I do this then I do that and and it's all just kind of streamlined I created 
very specific templates for my preparation slash show notes. So I have like this Google doc and there's a template on there and it's how I prepare for my episodes. And then it's very easy for me to just cut and paste and, and, you know, delete and all this kind of stuff and adjust it for my show notes, which is fantastic. And then if anything changes within my process, I add it in there. So then I know, oh, I need to, I need to add this or I need to delete this. It goes into the template. So then for the next time it's already there, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to remember it for the next time. Another thing that I started doing, oh gosh, I don't even know when I implemented that, but I set up like, an, a, uh, it's an interview form. So when I schedule with a guest, I actually have a pre-made form that gives details about the recording. It has a link where people can schedule directly with me. I started using Calendly. That's another thing that I switched up. It used to be, hey, what time can you do? Oh, I can do this time. Well, I can't do this time. What other time can you do? Now they have access to my calendar and they can just see when I'm available and they can schedule when I'm asleep. And it's beautiful. And I love it. I use it for my professional work and my clinical work as well. But it also has been a complete game changer in in the, in podcasting. And oh, going back to the interview form. So it has the schedule. It has inf- like basic information about the recording. Please use a headset. If you have a mic, that would be best. If not, just use a headset. It's going to last about this amount of time. And then it also has a portion for my guests to fill out to include their name, their professional initials, a spot for them to upload a picture. So when I go to promote the episode, I already have a picture. And there's a few other things that I ask of them. So when I go to hit record, I have all the information that I need from my guest. And honestly, like I do that. So I don't run the risk of spelling their name wrong or forgetting an initial or something like that. It's just like all these little things that take time. And I don't like it when people say my name wrong or if they spelled it wrong. So it's like, if you put it in wrong in the form, it's going to come out wrong. But as long as you're, you're the one kind of controlling it, it has just made it so much easier. And I'm not hunting down like, how to say your own name. What what initials do they want in this and all this kind of stuff. So (laughs) yeah, well, Hey, I've been on shows and they pronounced my name wrong. And I'm like, you could have just asked me that's That's all my guests. If, if you've been on my show, you know, I ask you, even if you have a simple name and it's very straightforward, I ask you, Never is this how me. you pronounce it? God. You have a podcast. I can go back and listen and be like, oh, that's how he says it. <laughs> I say a lot of things that you don't understand, though. <laughs> True. True. This conversation just before about garage. <laughs> yes. Apparently, I say it weird. <laughs> garage. Um, another thing that, gosh, about nine or 10 months ago, I did kind of an overhaul on the format of my show. In the beginning, I started out as complete, like completely all interviews. And I kind of got to the point where I wanted to share some of like going back, I mentioned this earlier, I wanted to share some of my own takeaways. I wanted to share some of these things that were really resonating within the interviews that I was having. But I didn't want to add it to the end of my episodes because I felt like they were already long enough. And I also didn't want to make people, I didn't want to influence the way that they were thinking about the episode at that time. So I, what I ended up doing is kind of getting on this alternating schedule where one week I'll put out an interview, 
one week I'll put out a monologue where I'm discussing that previous interview and any of the takeaways that I had. Then I'll do another interview. I'll do another monologue. And then kind of one of the the bigger things that I did was I started integrating, I call them community episodes. So I basically, every month I'll ask a specific question and then I will allow my guests and ask, not my guests, and I, and I ask people in the community to chime in their answers of that question. So I've asked things like, what are your favorite continuing education units? How do you stay organized? What's your best piece of advice for a student that is in occupational therapy school right now? And then I compile all of these voicemails that I get from people in the community and throw that all into an episode. So it's a, it's a really kind of unique episode where I have a bunch of voicemails that I that I share. I also have a another kind of fun thing that I do that's the lifer of the month where I bring on somebody else from the community and get to know them a little bit better. And yeah, like and so that that's this whole other I guess show uh, episode that I do once a month. And I, like I said in the beginning, I was only doing interviews to start. So this is a very kind of abrupt shift that I've done within the format of my shows. And then I guess, yeah, I redid my intro. I redid my outro, especially when I got the the better mics. And yeah, graphics too. I've I've done some work on that. I mean, it's it's been kind of a constant. It evolves. <laughs> Yes, everything. And I'm sure there's going to be something that I change even from when we record this episode and from when it comes out. So what, in thinking about the stuff that you've upgraded, what are some things that you like or dislike in other OT podcasts? Not like naming names, but like types of things that you actually like in OT podcasts. What's your criteria? to go yeah i'm gonna listen to that one i think i'd say there's there's maybe three really important things for me going back and we've already talked about this audio quality is super super important i don't i don't like hearing it's not that i don't like hearing it there are very simple and basic things that you can do and if you invest a little bit of time into figuring out audio and room treatment you can do a lot of things and and just make make your recording sound pretty good without investing a lot of money i mean i'm talking pillows blankets rugs if you can be in a carpeted room like there's very basic things that you need to be able to do to make your audio quality at that kind of like minimal viable product right there like yep really like yes you could make it even better but like get over the hump of just sounding like you're in a fish tank so first of all if it has bad audio quality even if the content's really good I'm probably turning it off and I've had some that I've been really excited to listen to and I can't get past the audio quality maybe it's the editor in me I'm not sure but it gets distracting it distracts <laughs> it is. from like you kind of want to remove as many barriers to entry of people absorbing your content as possible and unfortunately if there's static or like it's clipping or you know it sounds there's echo it's there's reverb anything like that it distracts from the content 
and maybe it's me maybe like you said maybe it's the the podcast editor in me that that thinks that but also like you said like there's some you don't need super fancy equipment to get good audio like you can get really good audio out of anything with the right tool like you can improve obviously if you're recording on a subway train it's gonna sound like you're recording on a subway train but there's simple things that you can do make a pillow fort i know is one of your favorite favorite ones yep uh to improve Go in a closet. the audio <laughs> yeah to improve the audio of any microphone that you you're using even if it's yep. just your phone or your computer yeah. or whatever it is there's simple or the headset things you can that comes do. with your phone yeah yeah oh, they are surprisingly golden i love them yep mhm 100% i think another one of the things that i really like is when I tune in for it to be about a topic, I hope that that's what they actually talk about. And a lot of times, and I know I've done it, I've done it in the past. I've, I've really tried to change this up, but when there's inside jokes or there's a lot of kind of like chit chit chat or like banter back and forth where they're not really talking about anything that is pertinent, like anything that is going to add value to my life. I kind of get bored or I might just skip through that until they actually get to kind of the actionable or inspirational advice that they, that, that I'm there to kind of hear. You so you must hate me then. <laughs> there are sometimes I'm like, all right, let's skip forward here, but you know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but okay. most of the time you're targeting it at around their story and it's still applicable in some sense but sometimes when people are talking about what they did the other day and I'm like I don't really care right like I didn't tune in for that like thanks for sharing but like let's let's kind of move on here <laughs> so yeah there was, there was one more thing because I said three what was the last thing hold on give me a second what was the last thing I was gonna say because they're just building on the one you did just say then like one of the things that i like is just like when i start listening i don't need a, a thousand minute intro like the sooner it actually gets to yep you talking to the person and like there's a lot of podcasts out there now like the the bigger podcasts that like have 10 minutes of ads before you even hear an intro uh like I that I skip through that every single time. Like I'm not going to sit there and listen to you try and sell Manscaped or Squarespace stuff. Like I don't care. Um, I the sooner you get to something worth listening to, the better. So, like I don't even like because say for example with Occupied, like I usually for the ninety percent of the interviews that I do, I start with the same question. I don't even put the actual question in there. Like, well, by the time it finishes the song and gets into the episode, you're just straight away hearing the person's answer. People know what the question is. Uh, and if you can't, the answer's going to give it away. So there's no... I even cut that out. I cut. I don't want the first thing that people hear to be me. Mm -hmm. I hear enough of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> they tune in to hear your guest. <laughs> yeah, so no one listens for me. Like I, they listen for whoever I'm bringing on or whatever I, the topic is, not for me. So I try mm -hmm. and save them a little bit of that by cutting that question out at the start. Yeah, I think the 
the kind of last thing that stands out to me in other shows is when I can tell that there is an ounce of editing that has happened. Now, I'm not saying it has to be completely polished and no crutch words and no dead space and no bumps and no clicks and none of that, but there is kind of, and I'll talk like globally in the podcasting space, there, there are a lot of people that think, oh, I just want to go off the cuff and I just want to be real and I don't want to edit it. And while a portion of that is true, we really want to hear the raw and honest conversations, but there, there is an ounce of editing that you can do to remove some of the fluff that doesn't need to be in there. Or if, you know, my myself I was going to blame my guests I'm not even going to blame a guest I'm going to blame myself if I make a mistake and I forget what I'm going to say or something like that it doesn't necessarily need to be in there because it doesn't really add value now if you listen to my show and you stick around towards the end there are some funny things that I put in at the very very end of my show that I don't really highlight or anything like that so I'm not saying that these things don't happen but I like when a show and, and and when a host like shows to me that they put in a little bit of energy in the post-production of it to make sure that the quality that they're putting out is decent. And that just shows that it's not just, oh, I don't really care. I'm just going to throw it up there and people can listen if they want. It's like, no, I'm actually really proud of this and I'm going to try the best to make it. Again, it goes back to the, the audio. It goes back to that quality piece, content, audio, packaging it up and putting it out there for me that is really important it's amazing that we are the same people (laughs) how did that happen no no i do agree and i i think a lot of people probably again i was thinking i feel attacked but uh i I think no you know (laughs) (laughs) no i know no but like i i that does happen to me because i i process things while i'm talking which is like I can't even if I'm talking to someone else like just in everyday life I talk out loud to process things and that's how I learn is by processing things and talking at the same time kind of thing so sometimes I do either lose track or get delayed and that kind of stuff because I'm processing and for a lot of that stuff I will cut it out but there are times when I don't which is probably what people are going to think of after you've said that but the reason that I don't is often during those pauses, the topic will change or something will happen. And if I cut that out, then it's just jumping from topic to topic and it doesn't make any sense. So I kind of leave that in there to try and show that like this is where the conversation went or this was a turning point in the conversation was me losing my place or bringing something else up. But I can guarantee you there are other times that or there might be a few in there, but there's a lot more that aren't. So um, I do... I am one of those people that you were talking about before that wants that sort of really authentic conversation. I can definitely understand like cutting out trash that doesn't need to be in there. But for me, like I said, sometimes I feel like if I cut out some stuff or if I cut out too much, it then kind of creates this like falsity to what to my conversation style because my conversation style is kind of very flowy i don't tend to like jump big jumps to different topics if i start cutting things out it then becomes big jumps to other topics for me 
whereas I know other people that have a list of topics or a very sort of not very structured but have some structure to what they're doing it's not as uncommon for them to make bigger jumps whereas for me I like build on topics and they're very usually they lead into each other very closely usually uh, there are definitely conversations that sort of bounce all over the place I can guarantee <laughs> you that uh, but for the most part, my learning style and my conversation style is very much, uh, I don't know what you call it. It doesn't jump around much. It doesn't jump around a lot. It's wherever the conversation goes, it goes. But, uh, I build off the last topic came off the previous topic and the next topic comes off the previous topic, etc. It seems to, I don't know. I try and get it to flow because that's just how I am in real life anyway. So yeah very different approaches and and different perspectives and it's it's i think the other important thing is we're not saying this is the this is the only way to do it you can do it however you want if you want you could literally make a podcast of just ours and ums if you think that's going to be valuable and that's what you want to do like go for your life that's completely up to you and i think that was one of the things at the start when i first started was like what's my style like i don't know like i you know you can copy other other podcasts and i have we have done that for uh the round table we kind of stole that idea from another podcast uh however it's important that you you find your own groove and you know what you're comfortable with what you're willing to put in uh is this you know something that you're going to try and pursue as work or is it just a hobby or what is it to you what is it it comes back to like what we we're talking about earlier about what is this mission like what do you want to do with it and do that whatever it is that you decide do that to the absolute best of your ability and you're gonna have an awesome podcast i think this is a perfect segue into what's next yeah where are we going from here we've made it to episode 100 We've made it through almost episode 100 here. What's next in the land of occupied? Oh, I got asked this the other day. Here's resolutions for the podcast. I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> do resolutions. I just put an episode out about that. Uh, I want to essentially continue the process. Keep learning, keep improving, uh, keep... I, I want to try and get, I've, I've got a, a few big guests that I am chasing up that I want to nail down this year. Unfortunately, last year was a bit of a spanner in the works for some people and some of the people I thought I was going to be able to get on last year weren't able to make it. So hopefully I'll track them down for this this 2021. Um, I'm going to try and not buy any more gear because i don't uh-huh. need it but we'll see how that goes because i'm pretty sure i said that last year so no i didn't say that last year maybe it was the year before anyway i'm gonna try not to i'm pretty happy with the gear that i've got now so hopefully that's it for a long while because it's an expensive hobby if you want it to be or it can be a very cheap hobby if you want it to be and unfortunately i chose the former so yeah um what else I don't know. I, I think I kind of want to just keep going. I, I, I'm enjoying... I think your mojo kind of waxes and wanes sometimes and I'm very much have got it back 
now after a couple of months of it being a bit flat and i think that was purely due to you know everything else that was going on in 2020 uh so very much got it back now and uh, i'm recording like a madman at the moment i've got some amazing people that i've been chatting to in the last week uh obviously we've kicked this milestone off for the start of the year which is epic uh and yeah i i see a lot of podcasters that try and do like oh i want to hit this many downloads but to me i'm like i uh, that doesn't worry me that's one it's out of my control it's got mm-hmm. nothing it's nothing i can do but i want to keep trying to improve occupied and make it as good as i can within you know with the resources that i have including time which is usually the biggest resource uh but yeah that's that's kind of what i want to do is just keep growing keep evolving what about ot for life what's on the what's on the horizon for 2021 (laughs) i 100% agree i think first and foremost i just want to continue i want to continue working on my processes continue trying to make it as efficient as possible and save as much time as i can on this because i still spend way more time than i you do probably should (laughs) Uh, admitting that. But yeah, I think really just continuing, continuing to improve my interviewing skills, continuing to improve my speaking skills for the monologue, continuing to improve my editing, like literally just continuing to improve, enter topic here. Like just, I wanted to continue to get better. I think I also want to continue again like we're it, it, it's the it's a continuum it's a thing that we're constantly working on but I want to continue to expand into more OT topics and branch out and not be afraid to chat about things that I know nothing about or maybe topics that I'm hesitant to talk about I want to expand into different topics and really push myself out of my comfort zone and showcase really all that OT encompasses and whether that's new and emerging practice areas or you know anything like that just I just want to continue to showcase the profession in you know to the best of my ability that I possibly can I want to continue to connect with the community I have met some of the most amazing people through starting this podcast And I know there's a lot more people that are out there that I haven't even met yet. So continuing to make those connections and learn from people, continuing to learn about OT, continue to learn about myself. I mean, literally like everything we've talked about in this episode, I'm like, yeah, I just, I want to continue that. And one of my big goals, I think, and this would be, this is not just for OT for life, but really this is about the community and this is about the OT podcast community as well as just the OT community, I really want to continue to kind of promote the advancement of OT podcasts as a valuable learning tool. And by this, I I mean, like, I hope that more people will start listening to OT podcasts, more people will know that we exist. A lot of people still don't know that OT podcasts exist out there. And the wealth of knowledge and information and inspiration that is already out there. And there's so much more that needs to be done, but there's so much that's already out there. And really, and this is kind of a big global goal here, but I'd love to see more recognition of OT podcasts 
in schools, in universities, in the state and national and international organizations. I'd love to see I'd love to see us as podcasters and as podcasts start to get some recognition there. And also like how cool would it be to have podcast episode or a a series of episodes be used in academic courses as in, as a part of the syllabus and all this kind of stuff. Like there's, there's so much that I know that that is out there and there's so much good information and, I see it, but I just don't think the recognition is quite there yet. And hopefully, and maybe this isn't even for like 2021, but like moving forward, just really getting OT on the map, OT podcast on the map and showing everything that we can really do. I like it. I like it a lot. And I, it's something like I use them in the course that I teach. Um, and the the value is definitely there. And like you said, it's just a matter of, introducing people to it how it can be used and letting that flag fly mm-hmm. but you also have another big thing happening in 2021 which your listeners will have heard just before this episode yeah yes, yes. yeah <laughs> episode episode 99 <laughs> so if you haven't listened to it <laughs> that's when i yep. officially Announce the news. Go back and listen to it. And if you haven't, <laughs> then a massive congratulations from me, anyway, on the upcoming baby putt. The new lifer. The new life. Hey, yeah. I was going to say, how can you integrate that? The new lifer. I like it. Yep. And uh, the uh, another new chapter in your, your personal life that I'm sure will definitely have an impact on your podcast and we'll definitely hear about some of it i'm sure uh going through that change uh of role but that's that's super exciting dude i'm i'm stoked thank you i am excited too it's been a process and it's funny because it already has affected my podcasting <laughs> and my brain and how i process and how I forget things. (laughs) So it's already been there. And we were kind of joking before we started recording today, but I was like, wait, hold on, hold on. Like I was getting some really big kicks and they were really distracting. And I was like, I I can't, I can't think at the moment. So it, yes, the, the new little OT for lifer is already, (laughs) it's already making a presence even though it will not be here until April of 2021 and it will be my first and it's definitely going to be a learning process, just like what we've talked about today in the process of podcasting and being an OT and now stepping into a new role of being an OT mom here. (laughs) Very exciting and I'm super keen to follow along. Uh, I think you actually did really well because obviously like we're friends I've known for a little while, but I think you did really well of uh, hiding it because <laughs> I know you do a lot of uh, Instagram stories and stuff with your movement challenges and that sort of stuff. And I, cause I knew, I knew what I was looking for and I'd see very conveniently placed like gifts <laughs> and all that kind of stuff to hide 
uh le baby bump uh yeah it was very entertaining for me from that side of it saying how is she going to do it this time especially when it was like a yoga challenge or something and you're like stretching yep. and it was like very <laughs> convenient images and stuff like over that area and it's like oh, I, I would find that almost fun like finding ways to try and hide it i've had so many people that they've already known and they're like dude that was good what you just did right there like oh i see where you put that text or i see how you changed like actually i haven't posted it today but the the one that i did today i just altered the video the angle of the video just enough so my arm is actually in front of my stomach and so you can't you can't tell so i've been very creative and it's not so much that i'm hiding it but it has become a game it's actually been really fun but more just I don't know like and this might just be kind of another another kind of topic but being a podcaster being on social media we we share a lot of our lives out there and this was something that I really wanted to make sure that my close friends my close family members like the people that are really in my my close circle that I was able to tell everybody and I knew the second that it got on social media other people would find out and I was just like God, like I really just wanted to make sure that everybody within that close realm found out first yeah. before they found out about it on social media so and then it just became this fun game of like I wonder how long I could actually go <laughs> before people the, are gonna notice how old the kid could be before people found out <laughs> that I had one yeah exactly <laughs> what's that crying oh it's the cat <laughs> oh it's my ringtone yeah yeah why won't your ringtone stop? God, tell that person to stop ringing. <laughs> no, nah, that's awesome, dude. Really looking forward to it and excited for your uh, upcoming change. I was going to say challenge, but kind of a challenge. Adventure. But adventure. That's probably a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So that's it. Episode 100. Check. Tick. <laughs> On the way to 200 next. We did it. I said at the beginning, I can't believe it. And now we're here. I still can't believe it. It's crazy. It is such a milestone. And I am so incredibly proud of both of us for overcoming a lot of things, learning a lot along the way, even though we still have a lot to go. But... We're here and we're going to continue. We're going to continue to learn. We're going to continue to support each other and support other OT podcasters and other OT practitioners and students throughout the work that we're doing. And yeah, I'm just excited. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited to see what's going to happen and all that's going to come in 2021 and beyond.
If you liked this episode and want to check out more, head over to OccupiedPodcast.com or search Occupied Podcast in your favorite podcasting app. If you have thoughts or reflections on the topics discussed today, please do get in contact. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, if you got some value from this and you want to help us out, like, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Remember, be good to yourself, be good to others, and always keep occupied.